what are some of the biggest fears business owners I work with have about building a team and how has it stopped them from having people who are accountable and engaged? In this solo episode, we're talking about two ways of thinking that get in the way of having a team that can help you grow the business. Whether you have a team in your business or you're just starting to build your team, stay tuned. I'm going to share the top self-sabotaging beliefs and actions that I see come up consistently and we'll uncover how these fears track in reality and what's true instead. Welcome to the Small But Mighty Agency Podcast. If you're a creative consultant or agency owner who wants to know what the roller coaster ride really looks like to grow your business from one to many, you're in the right place. My guest and I pull back the curtains on the realities of growing and running agencies of different sizes and what it takes to build a team. And if you're anything like me, you want more than the highlight reel. You want to learn from the mistakes of others so that you can stop short of making the same mistakes. I'm your host, Audrey Joy Kwan. I spend my days as a coach and consultant to multiple six and seven figure agency owners. For the last seven years, I've been behind the scenes helping people grow, lead and operate small but mighty agencies. Here at the Small But Mighty Agency podcast, we'll uncover what works and equally as important what didn't work to get these business owners to where they are today. Welcome, welcome. Today we're talking about fears so that we can uncover how these fears track in reality and what's true instead. Having fears about building a team is 100% normal. That's why I wanted to share a quick episode with you on this topic. Bringing light to things that can hold you back helps you find an effective way forward faster. If you've ever thought these thoughts I'm about to share, you're not alone. I call these the big two. I see and hear both of these come up with business owners. Number one, the fear of letting go of control. And that is interconnected to the belief that nobody can do what you can do. How that plays out in business is micromanaging and fixing as the solution to preventing things from going wrong. When people are micromanaging, they often don't know that they are doing it. For example, you ask your team member to help you to do competitor research for a client. So instead of giving them a parameter to work with, for example, demographics that you want them to look for or products or services that you want them to look for, you spoon feed them the exact competitors you're thinking of in hopes that it will save them time or thinking that will actually save them time. On one side of the coin, it looks like you're helping them out, but on the other side, you're effectively removing them from being self-directed and in the long run, creating a scenario where they rely on you for critical thinking. And then the belief that nobody can do it better becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because when you micromanage, your team doesn't trust themselves to do the work. They come to you for everything and it fuels your fear of letting go and confirms the bias you have that nobody can do what you do. Number two, it's the fear of managing and leading other people. This can stop entrepreneurs from building teams altogether because this is where people will say things like, I'll hire when I'm ready. And readiness is then defined by having enough systems and processes, having more time or more money. In my experience, that readiness doesn't magically appear. And building a team can actually solve those challenges when done strategically. The mindset of hire when I'm ready and then waiting for readiness can come from not knowing what to do when you hire someone. And something that I find comes up for my clients is this underlying fear of having uncomfortable conversations. Things like fear of giving feedback on work or talking to someone who isn't keeping commitments or giving unfavorable performance reviews. 
What leaders can get wrong is to think that team productivity and performance is simply about the processes and systems in place. But the key to real change is getting people to hold one another accountable to processes. And yes, sometimes that requires uncomfortable conversations. I've had more than one coaching session with clients this month about having difficult conversations. When we hire someone new and things aren't going as smoothly as planned, how do you know it's time to let them go? And how do we have that conversation? Well, I think the first 30 days are critical to course correct. And you'll know if it's possible or not after you have the difficult conversation about expectations. Start with intention. Here are four questions to set you up for success. Number one, what do you really want for yourself in the conversation? Number two, what do you really want for this person in the conversation? Number three, what do you really want for the relationship? And number four, how would you behave if you really wanted these results? When we use heart to answer those questions, it can look like this. I want to help this person succeed without looking over their shoulder. I don't want them to feel attached or make them feel like they're not good enough. I want for this relationship to have mutual respect and understanding, and ultimately for us to be on the same page. I can approach this by identifying what success looks like for both of us and give them an opportunity to self-direct the solution. Uncomfortable conversations don't make you a demanding person or a person who's hard to work with. We can flip the script and see it as an opportunity for both people in the conversation to grow. A third challenge I want to bring up that I also see for business owners who are building teams is seeing building a team as an expense versus an investment. Now, it's an expense if you hire someone without a clear idea of how they're going to give you back more time. And it becomes an investment when you know what you're going to do with the time you regain. That time can either add value to your business, such as giving you more time to do sales and marketing, or to your personal life, like spending more time with a family. So how well do these fears track with reality and uh, what's true instead? It's normal to have these fears. It, it doesn't make you less likely to have an effective team because you have these fears. Nobody is born with management skills. The truth is that it requires a shift from doing to leading. And there's a learning curve. At the other side of that learning curve is a team that can help you grow without you burning out. I use an analogy with my clients. And because I work with many marketers, this analogy makes sense. I think for many of you, you'll, you'll get it when I say this. In marketing, we know that just because you build a website, doesn't mean your clients will come. Well, in building a team, just because you hire a great person doesn't mean you automatically have an effective team. There's a foundation that you have to lay down. And if you're new to building a team, that foundation might not be clear yet. And that's okay. The foundation has three distinct pillars. Number one, it's setting up clear communication. Number two, it's having a hiring process that engages the right people. And number three, it is creating those systems that empower. I think back to the first time I got introduced to building and leading a team. It was in my early 20s. That was like 20 years ago. I got thrown right in because I was working for an experiential marketing company. So that's a marketing agency that builds events and experiences and implements them on behalf of clients. And these were Fortune 500 clients. These events and campaigns involved multiple teams across multiple events and campaigns every season. I got thrown into the deep end quickly and learned by doing with mentorship from leaders on how to build effective teams. Over the years, I realized that the things that came naturally to me 
me the three foundations. Number one, setting up clear communication. Number two, having a hiring process that engages the right people. And number three, systems on power is what a lot of business owners spend their time trying to figure out. And what's true is that yes, it can be figured out and there is a roadmap for that. I put those pillars into action using what I call my compass method in my team growth roadmap. Compass is an acronym for seven steps. Here are the seven steps. Number one, create focus. If you do not know what you want your team to focus on, they won't either. Number two, observe your offers. Evaluate and streamline your offers so that you can empower your team to serve your clients better. Number three, modify and map systems and processes. A lot of people think that this is where we start. However, the foundation of team growth is about number one, creating focus and then observing your offers before we map your systems and processes. Number four, plan your team structure. This is where you optimize your organizational chart for the business that you want. And that may mean looking at the future so that you can map out future hires. Number five, architect your hiring process. That's right. We don't get to hiring until we've done the first four steps. Architecting your hiring process means, yes, having a hiring process that is a gate to attract the right people. It's also establishing an onboarding and training process with KPIs to help your people succeed. Number six, stewardship of your team. That means helping your people succeed by cultivating effective communications and reporting as well as accountability. And seven, set yourself up to lead. This is about delegating effectively, handling difficult conversations, and protecting your time to focus on your most impactful activities. It's easy to overlook step one and four and then jump into hiring. The challenge with that is if you are not clear on things before hiring, what you're really doing is bringing someone into a hectic situation where the boundaries aren't defined, responsibilities aren't obvious, and key performance indicators aren't set. When you aren't clear, your communication isn't clear, and it makes it difficult to set someone up for success when that happens. If you want my team growth roadmap with my compass method checklist, you'll find it in the show notes right in your podcast app. There you have it. The major fears that self-sabotage team growth, how those fears track in reality, and what is true instead. I'll see you in the next one. Thanks for listening to the Small But Mighty Agency podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. It would mean the world to me. Or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging me at Audrey Joy Kwan.